This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. The Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. But I'm going to make sure that this pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Morris inside. Jokic, Hello and welcome in to a very happy and excited Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride, your lead Nuggets beat writer for MileHighSports.com, your home for all Colorado sports, and the Denver Nuggets are heading to the Western Conference Finals. They just overcame a 3-1 deficit to the Los Angeles Clippers to annihilate them. Like, the final score was like, I believe it was like a 14-point win. The Nuggets were up by 20 at one point in the fourth quarter when all the starters were still playing. Denver absolutely handled this Clippers team. I don't remember being this confident in a Nuggets team before. I don't remember looking at this group and being like, wow, there is seriously something here. I always knew it was a possibility. But the true title contending Denver Nuggets are here, and they are here to stay. I don't know how long this is going to be, but this is a new evolved team. They found something within themselves, mentally or the way they approached the game or in terms of confidence. I'm not sure what it was, but they found something, and now this team has just risen their floor of how good they can be so much more, and it has made them so much more threatening. Uh, now they're going to be taking on the Los Angeles Lakers for the, for the, the chance to go to the NBA Finals. This would be the first time in Nuggets history that they make it to the NBA Finals that they managed to overcome this Lakers team. Who knows if they can do it, but if there's one thing that is for damn sure is that you cannot count them out now. There is no denying that this Denver Nuggets team is a true title contender, and they are here to do everything in their power to remain in Orlando and to fight for that NBA title. Michael Malone has been incredible as a coach. His players have responded to his adjustments, and overall, this has been a truly, truly, spectacular postseason run for the Denver Nuggets. There was so much going on in this Game 7 that I didn't know exactly how to wrap all of it up, so of course I went to my favorite favorite chaotic mess on Twitter is Matt Moore. This is one of my favorite people. He's a good friend of mine inside and outside of hoops. So being able to kind of like work through everything that happened in this game with him was really, really enjoyable. So from everything from Jamal Murray's growth to Nikola Jokic's dominance to the Nuggets resiliency to Michael Malone's job coaching to the role player stepping up to their defensive ability and a whole lot of shit talking about the Clippers. There was a ton of stuff that we covered in this podcast. So I hope you enjoyed it as much fun as as much as we had recording it, because we had a ton of fun recording this. So please, I hope you guys enjoy it. It's really going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to first tell you about Indeed, then we're going to get into my conversation with Matt Moore before giving you a quick word from NFL Sunday Ticket, and then closing out the show. So stick around for this quick conversation from Indeed, and then we will get into my conversation with Matt Moore from the Action Network. (laughs) 
even though sports have had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time. There are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast and the Blue Wire podcast network a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions do apply and the offer is valid through September 30th. Welcome back into the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, and I'm here with great friend of the show, Matt Moore of the Action Network. Matt, how are you doing on this completely absurd, out of this world, everyone losing their minds night? I will need you uh, to refer to me as the only national NBA analyst (laughs) to correctly predict the Denver Nuggets in seven games over the Los Angeles Clippers, Matt Moore. Okay, so let, let me ask you this. The only national part of the media who had the Nuggets in seven, Matt Moore. Will that picture of ESPN's picks for this series go down in infamy? Of every single one going down the Clippers' way? Like, that might never go away. In this day and age of media constantly stimulating and the news cycle turning over so quickly, that might never go away. I will also say after they lost game three, I thought Clippers in six. So <laughs> I, thought they needed, I thought they needed game three. Um, you know what's funny is I, I think I had questions about the Clippers all year. Mm-hmm. And I sat next to you at Pepsi Center back when we used to sit next to each other at games with people. You're not six um, feet apart. It was a whole different yeah, world. It was crazy. Then. I would mean, lean over to you and go like, I don't buy the Clippers. Like we were at the game where the Nuggets won. Paul George didn't play. And I was just like, this is a bad matchup for them. Like, this is just a bad match. Like, I said that to you. Yep. And I think what it's surprising is that this was a real blind spot. And I, it's one of the reasons I bet it a number of ways was, like, it just seemed like every analytic person, the national narrative folks, I don't blame because they're never going to know about Denver. There's no reason to know about Denver. Denver had to put themselves on the map. Like, now everyone will care. Yes. Um, but, like, the, the, the analytic people – used to be really high on Denver and then they soured and one of the things that they did was like they just loved this idea of the Clippers because if you put the Clippers on paper and I love metrics I use them every single day I look at stats yeah. every single way but TJ if you put the Clippers on paper they should have won this series but this fucking game is not played on paper and there is such a thing as like matchups it's not even about heart and chemistry and toughness which by the way the Nuggets whipped their ass in all three categories yes 
but it is also about matchups. And the Nuggets just, like, I don't know how you looked at this series and was like, no, no, I think if a Zubach and Montrezl Harrell can probably hold down the call of Jokic, okay? Like, what are you smoking? What are you doing? Like, what shop did you go? What backwoods outhouse are you buying your product from that that's the result that you come away with? And this fully goes back to this idea that Doc Rivers was just like, I got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I don't know how many times we both tweeted this, that like the Denver Nuggets are adjusting, they're executing, they're finding new ways to attack this Clippers defense. They're finding ways to get Murray more room to attack different people and find out like all of these different adjustments. And all Doc Rivers did was play Trez too much, sell out on Jamal Murray and rely on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And it all fell apart in his hands. Every last little bit of it. I don't blame Doc. No, I don't. We, can, we have to blame Doc now. Yeah, here's why. Here's why. Here's why. One, Evisa Zubac had a worse plus minus tonight than Montrez Harrell. Mighty Zubac. Mighty Zubac, not, man. Not saving the day today, okay? <laughs> two. Not enough Jermichael Green minutes. <laughs> like, yes, he should have looked at those Trez minutes and just been like, oh. Yes. I have to, like, I have to match those minutes with either Morris, Kawhi, or Green whenever Zubach isn't playing. But he was still going to lose because Zubach is not that good. He's fine. <laughs> He's replacement level. The other thing is this. When you're a star that you have done, that you have mitigated everything, you, you've sold out in order to get Kawhi Leonard. Like, they got Paul George so they could get Kawhi Leonard. And yeah, Paul George was great to have them both. But they did all this to get Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Leonard's whole thing is, I don't play. Yep. Like, I don't need to play. I'm going to play when I want for who I want. I don't feel like it. I'm not going to play. I don't feel good. I'm not going to play. And that was good. The Raptors won because the Raptors had an established concept of a team that could win in a playoff series against anybody except LeBron James. And then they added Kawhi and they just like, chuck him on on top. It was like putting like a turret on top of a tank. (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay. Great analogy. The Clippers didn't do that. The Clippers were a a decent team that barely made the playoffs and got dispatched last year. They got rid of Daniel Gallinari and Shea Gilgis Alexander, who were big parts of that happening. All they had left over was J Mike Trez, Lou Williams, who, by the way, if you go back, his, his playoff career is horrible. And they try to just be like, but we got Marcus Morris. Are you <laughs> kidding me? And then like, and that's the thing is like, I don't like, I said this four times today on radio. I don't like the conversations of built of like, cheat narratives i don't like tropes yeah i fight against them to try and be like look this is a business and players have to look out for themselves and also like teams are complicated this was built not bought 100 like, like that's what this was was like and when paul george says we just didn't have it like when Kawhi and pg says we just didn't have enough time they're right because the nuggets the nuggets have been at the low points together they got bounced by the wolves they lost game seven to Myers, fucking Leonard, and Evan Turner. Yep. They got blitzed by the Clippers in February when everyone said, oh, they can't beat this team. Yep. When the Clippers said, oh, we're going to show up for this one, and Denver was like, but this is a regular season game, and it's like, this is not what you do. And the Clippers were like, ha-ha, that's why you don't belong in the league with us. <laughs> we're well, in a whole tur- transcendent territory above all of you plebeians. It turns out when, all of it. It turns out when both teams are trying hard – it gets a little bit more difficult. And like, um, there are things that Michael Malone has done in this postseason to drive Nuggets fans insane. Guess what? Warriors fans have the same feeling about Steve Kerr. They hate that he plays with Thank you. too much. Uh, Spurs fans hate that Greg Popovich is slow to make adjustments and he plays Bellinelli too much. Um, Heat fans get annoyed with like, today it was like, why is he playing Kendrick Nunn so much? Yep. 
Michael Malone got his ass kicked in two series, made the adjustments and came back to win in seven and two series versus very good teams when he was without one starter for the entirety of it and without two starters for point three for point what point two five of it. And this team does not have as much raw talent as the Los Angeles Clippers, but they have some really good basketball players that fit together and know how to play together and trust each other. And this is the biggest thing is like, for years, this is what I think is the most hilarious. What's been the knock on this team, TJ? Like, the, what's the word that everyone thinks about Soft. this team? Soft is the one that's been thrown around. Like the three. Nuggets entirely reached the Western Conference Finals because of their toughness. You want to know why? Because toughness, TJ McBride, <laughs> is not about bullying Luka Doncic on the sideline and yapping your mouth at Damian Lillard. Yep. It's about how do you respond when things get tough? How do you respond to adversity? And, and Denver Nuggets, completely handled the Clippers in that regard. And the Nuggets, quite honestly, are only good when they are <laughs> up against adversity. <laughs> They're not tough when they need like, – when things are just regular easy, November basketball against the Minnesota Timberwolves, they couldn't care less. But now I, I really feel like this team kind of evolved in this playoff setting of understanding where they fit, understanding what needs to happen and the mental approach required. And that's so different than any other team, not in terms of the approach, but in terms of what they actually are trying to accomplish. They need to have fun. They need to be loose. They need to have joy. When people – play in adverse situations they get tight they try and force things the nuggets don't do that why do the nuggets react a polar opposite way to adversity in terms of their playing style than any other team that i've seen like that's something that i have not been able to figure out yet i think there's legitimately something because i was thinking about this about how if you talk to the coaching staff in 2018 you know 18 years ago um <laughs> before the pandemic <laughs> If you talk to the, to the coaches two, two years ago, like you got the same message, which was like, if these guys will just focus, we're going to be really good. Like this team can be great, but they're yeah. going to have to focus. I think it was such a challenge for them as a young team that it got, they had to reach a point where they were able to manage it. Like they were able to manage their focus. And like, look, I think some of this too is if we move past those kind of like psychological factors and we, we kind of translate more into the basketball side. I think what it really like this comes down to is there is this extremely borderline unhealthy, but ultimately healthy relation tension between Michael Malone and the team. You want healthy tension. That's a yes. good thing. Like you want healthy tension. Like the Clippers aren't going to fight with each other because they don't care about each other. Yeah. Malone says, if you get stops, we have an easier time on offense and the nuggets players say, if we get points, we get easier stops. And what ultimately happened was like, they trusted one another in these games. And when the first, this was a big part when the first half didn't go the way that they, they wanted it to, they both adjusted in the right ways. And they also stuck to the, I, the principles. So like, yeah, Jamal Murray has about, I think over the last five games of this series, I think he has maybe 10 total minutes where I felt he was pressing. Yeah. Yes. And other than that, when look, if there was anybody with a right 
to be like, it's Jamal Murray time, Jamal Murray. Like, if there was anybody who had the right to do that, it's Jamal after going off for 50 twice. Twice! With a 40-plus in between. But I've been really impressed that, like, he ran the offense, and he was like, if you're going to isolate me, I'm cooking you. Yeah. If you send two, we're going to hit the open man. If you send two and you make the rotation, I'm getting the ball back, and now you can't bring a double. Yep. And they They, stuck to it, and they just executed the plan, and they trusted each other, and Jamal is a goddamn dagger machine. Oh, my God. That three-pointer fading in the fourth quarter was nuts. But I want to go back to the first quarter in in comparison to the second because Jamal Murray was getting hounded in that first quarter. He had two turnovers. The ball pressure was kind of getting to him. They were sending doubles way earlier than they had in the series, and it threw him off a little bit. And then he came back in that second quarter as if he watched four hours of film, went in and practiced and understood where they were, and just started dissecting them. I have never seen Okay, I have never seen before these playoffs Jamal Murray take that kind of a mental leap as a point guard. There's another subtle thing I wanted to talk to you about because you and I have, have like we've just we've seen Jamal the whole way. Yeah, and you tweeted this a few times, and it was the same thing I was worried about, which is like, oh god, they're going to attack his handle. Yeah. If you go back and you watch one thing that Jamal has learned in these playoffs, and he started to pick it up, I think last year is the ability to have his dribble interrupted to have the focus to regain it yes and not have to reset pat bev swipes at it paul george swipes at it jamal goes behind his back stabilizes goes and finishes the move yep and when the defense is out of position because they just reached now all of a sudden they're compromised like these are little things that i did not think jamal could do me too i fully agree with this and he can and that makes him a goddamn superstar. I'm sorry I'm cursing so much. I'm no, just no. like this this podcast is full fucking cursing. We're cool here in this regard. Shouts to the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I just have to like I have to put the point on it. Like very specifically. You're saying he's real damn good? Is that where is that where we're at now? Just like I mean <laughs> for him well, I think I'm with here, you. Here's the thing is just like you know, Adam has mentioned this. Mara has mentioned this a couple of times. It's like, it's like not a feeling of pride because like that's very paternalistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I do not think that Jamal Murray would welcome me feeling proud of him, right? 100%. But I do, but, but like the more of the sense is I admire the kid. Yeah. I have a lot of admiration for this young man to be put in the position that he was in where he was drafted to be the star and he had to be number two. He had to learn to play with a passing big man. No other point guard of his generation has been tasked with this. Yep. And no other generation, no other player of his generation has basically been said like, look, we believe in you. We think you're extremely talented, but you're not going to be able to be completely comfortable all the time. You're going to have to do some stuff that's outside of your wheelhouse. And we think it'll ultimately make this team better. And he did it. And, and he did it, it happily. And he, and he did it. And he didn't like, he never blew up in the media saying, I need more mm-hmm. shots. He's never complained about his role in the offense. He's never, th- he's never once has he thrown shots at Michael Malone, not once. And honestly, like Joker may make comments about the offense of the lineups, but Joker always has his coaches back too. And like, it's a big deal. Like that's just a big deal. And I- go. 
Sorry. I asked Nikola Jokic about his relationship with Michael Malone and the belief that the team and him both share tonight when he spoke to the media. And Nikola was kind of like at a loss for word, but was just trying to say like the, the trust we all have with one another isn't normal. It also kind of led off of his whole, this team is special narrative that he kind of brought up tonight as well. And he really did seem like he had this deep trust, this deep belief that Michael Malone knows what they need to do. And they're entirely willing to trust his word on that i don't know how many young guys of this level of talent that this nuggets team have that would be able to trust their coach like that michael malone's ability to get their his team to buy into what they're doing is really astounding to me for what they've been able to do i didn't think that I didn't think coaching could be this impactful in the playoffs. I knew adjustments were needed and things like that. But this is a player-driven league. It's a player-driven sport. For Michael Malone's culture to have such an impact on this series, that's something I did not see coming. I think this is the thing. is like When you see a remarkable story in sports, it's always this huge culmination. And if the Clippers were going to win this game, they were going to have to have... Like the story was going to be Kawhi Leonard shows up, delivers Clippers to Western Conference Finals, makes good on his promise, blah, 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 blah. Um, Kawhi Leonard, by the way, had two points in the second half tonight on one of 11 shooting. Yep. I have so many takes on Kawhi, but this is a Nuggets podcast. I'll save him. Um, (laughs) But if the Nuggets were going to win, if the Nuggets were going to win, it was going to have to be Malone didn't, overcommit to a a mismatch or commit to his safety blanket that he was going to need to use everybody in their right role that he was going to have to keep the right time. Like Malone's talked about, he's like, I've tried to be really relaxed and that's worked. And what's really crazy TJ, because you and I have known this all year. (laughs) I think I know where you're going already. He's been a lunatic all year. (laughs) Yes, I know. (laughs) The man was a psychopath until they went down three, one. And versus the Jazz. And then from there on out, it's just like... I have such a, such a sincere take that sounds completely fucking batshit. Malone needed four months away from basketball. Oh, Malone wow, needed to be away from all of this. And I don't know if you felt this way, like even in a very, very micro sense, like I feel like I'm even able to see things a little bit better because I'm not so consumed by it all. I wonder if Michael Malone having that time with his family, having that time away from the game, having that time to reassess what is really important to him in a basketball sense and a life sense, which has become a very synonymous thing with this Nuggets team in the bubble. I wonder how much of that is involved because it really does feel like Michael Malone grew hair and feels comfortable and is happy and i don't know what led to that but he looks like he's five years younger and i'm curious if that has something to do with it um well i think one he's a i know how much he misses his kids and i really hope the nba relents and lets them have their god kids. it's so they, ridiculous they I really need to let them have their families however as a parent being away from my kids for <laughs> three months i just i look i'm not saying i'm not saying i wouldn't miss them I'm just saying, like, I might look younger, too. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. But, no, look, I think, I think, I think Malone, um, I would agree with you, except for I think, he was, I think he was so beat up from the time they got in and being down all those dudes mm-hmm. to the time that they got out uh, or to when, they, they, to when the playoffs started and having to, like, throw Jamal in. And I think he was tight the first three games of the Jazz series. And I think he loosened up. 
I think the I think the first four games of the Clippers series, like if you go back, it's really like okay, game one they lost because they were exhausted. Um, they won game two. They lost game three, which is a coin flip. Yep. They had a bad first quarter of game four, yeah. and a bad third quarter of game four of game four. Um, I don't think I think his attitude was pretty good in the Clippers series. I think I thought that it was great. I think that he was tight in the first three games of the Jazz series. Um, and I can't blame him because the team played like ass. Um, <laughs> yes. But that's like part of it is like the, I, we saw this in 2018. What kickstarted the run back in 2018 was when he finally said, I'm just, I got to let loose. Just have fun. Like that I really got to back such off. a defining moment of this Nuggets culture and where they are at currently. And 2019 last year was to me his best year managing his tension because he just didn't get mad. He kept, he was so optimistic about what they could accomplish and was trying to put out so much positive energy that he just stayed there. I just, I genuinely believe this. I think that the team is better. And I think Malone's better when he just puts out the positive energy. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard for him because he is a very serious competitor. Like if you ask me who the most competitive person on the nuggets is, (laughs) it's it's Malone. I think you're right. Two is Jamal. And it's like a 1A, 1B kind of thing. Like yeah. They're right there. But I put Malone at the top and like 9 or 10 is Jokic. But like <laughs> – It's like no, Tyler but, Cook and Nikola jockeying. Yeah, <laughs> but I think – that's actually a joke because it's like, it's like Jokic – it's another thing. It's like, did you see Jokic dive on the floor in the first quarter? There's a, did you see the – yeah, I did. It was amazing. There, he also did it in game six. There was a yep. picture of him flat like a board hanging off the yeah, – incredible stuff. But yeah, like, like – Go ahead. Like, that that – again they played they always say this like you got to play for each other Mm -hmm. you can't play for yourself and i'm sorry Kawhi leonard played for himself that's what how he's played for himself since he left the spurs like he had enough of playing for for everybody else and i want to give him a little bit of props in this because the clippers asked him to the clippers no i see i don't agree i don't agree because this is part of it is like Kawhi doesn't like Kawhi isn't a guy that you're like, hey, I need you to orchestrate the offense. It's just like Kawhi's like, I will make basketball shots. <laughs> yeah, like Boardman get paid, I shoot bucket. Like that's yeah. Just, and and so much. here's the thing. Like here's my question because we return to this. It's like, well, the Clippers didn't build an offense around him. The Clippers couldn't. How do you yeah. practice with a dude that doesn't play? You yeah. can't practice. Like Kawhi doesn't want to play games, let alone practice. You can practice. Like, and while we're on this topic, why are they complaining about rest? Why are they all tired to where they can't play three-minute spurts in the fourth quarter of Game 7 of the second round of the playoffs when they are a title favorite? Like Jamal, Jamal Murray has, is like he played battered. four minutes and he has one leg left. Jamal Murray is basically half made of metal. Like, he's just like, like there's just limbs that are ready to fall off of him. Canada and half man, half thing. I don't get Paul, it. Paul Millsap's 35, still buried two threes in your eye. Like... Gary Harris has had 29 lower body injuries and hit two threes in this game as well. Like, like it kills me. And then they're like, oh, you know what? This is the other thing. None of us got to the bubble on time. Like, okay. The Nuggets had one guard who was Troy Daniels, who is not in the playoff rotation. Bull Bull started at small forward. So I, I guess, look, I guess the se- look, the secret, if you, if you want to make the Western Conference Finals, <laughs> you need to have a party right before you leave for Orlando. <laughs> During a pandemic. (laughs) There's just nothing better than having to play without all of the players who are going to play in the playoffs before the playoffs start. Apparently that's the new recipe for success. Let's talk about Nikola Jokic real quick because he was the best player in this series. And I don't think that's like up for debate at this point at all. 
So, okay, let me ask you this. I asked Kendra this and put her on the spot, and she hated me for it. How many players are you taking for a playoff series ahead of Nikola Jokic right now? Well, I got to say right now because these things will change. Of course they'll change. I'm asking you right now, so it is right right now. now. Right now I'll take LeBron. (laughs) It gets hard now. Crap. Uh, Giannis? Uh, That's where we're at. Davis is not there. Lillard is out. Lillard's an interesting one for a playoff series. I'll take Dame. I'll take Dame. Yeah. Um, I'll take Harden. I'll, I'll take Dame because I think I think if if you're like I, you get to build like a you get to build a team that maximizes the strengths. Yes. Then if you say that, then I'm taking Dame. Yeah. I'm not taking Harden. I'm not either. I'm not. I I'm sadly not taking Russ. Breaks my heart, but true. Um, I'm taking KD. Yes. Fully agree. Steph um, is on the list. Nope. Steph um, is not on the list. No. No, I need, uh, no, Nicole. Okay, here's the hard one for me, Luca. Yeah, he's not above Joker. He's not above Joker. He's he's right there. He's right there. I think Joker. I think Joker. Am I, unless I'm, I'm trying to think of who else I, I could like. I'm going down the list of players in the Western in the like the conferences, like the All NBA level players. There's not um, very many. Like I'd rather have him than Butler very slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's. Four is probably Joker. Yeah. That's where about that's about where I'm at. I had like, Steph over them, think, so I had him fifth. But think about where we're at in terms of like think about where we're at in terms of just the level to which Joker has answered so many questions. Yeah. Like like people were like, nah, man, I take Embiid. Come on. This is not a question. Get out no, of here. That's like, over. That's a laughable comment. Like, that's laughable. Get out. Yeah. Um, people some people were legitimately like, well, I don't know. I don't know, Rudy or a joke. <laughs> and that was that was kidding me? Oh. Like, are you kidding? Like, no, get out. Um, and like I look, before these playoffs, I would have been like, Yeah, I'll take Harden over over a Joker. Mm-hmm. Now, nope. Out. Out. I agree. Um, and like, and, and just here's the here's the other thing is, you know, Joker had some some of the like nine one one shots when they were running uh when they were running prevent offense late in the game, yeah, right. Like he was two of nine in the second half, right. Um, but he had eight assists in the second half. You he finishes. He had sixteen. TJ. He had sixteen points on thirteen shots, and he was the best motherfucker on that floor. And it wasn't close. Like, and it, the thing is, dude, when people miss and don't, and they don't score like that, normally they're not in control of the offense. Normally, there's not like this complete grasp of everything happening and the ability to set up every single player around you. Nikola Jokic, when he was on the court, there was not a single damn second that he wasn't in complete control of that offense. You tweeted that that was a top five passing game in NBA history, and I think that you are right. That was magnificent i have never seen somebody so methodically and so flawlessly slice apart an elite defensive team with a host of defensive players that are all defense worthy like that is something that in retrospect is going to look even crazier than it did to the eye tonight yeah i think look i think a lot of it though too is like defense is systemic yeah uh, and you got to trust the guys. You have to be able to trust the guys. Like Patrick Beverly was mistake prone in this series. Yeah. Like he was just mistake prone. And on defense, even like he was jumping, reaching for steals and throwing himself out of position all of the time. When they drafted, when they, when they drafted, when they traded for Marcus Morris, 
Like, here's a take I will only give on this show. You get an exclusive take from me. I will not be saying this on any <laughs> other podcast. I will not be saying this on any other podcast. I won't be tweeting it because I will get killed for it because it is one of my absolute. <laughs> so this podcast takes. is small enough to be able to hide behind. I love this. <laughs> Go. I legitimately think that if the Clippers do not trade Mont- uh, uh, Mo Harkless for Marcus Morris, that they win this series. Yeah. Having an actual wing defender out there who was a little bit better than Morris would have shifted a whole lot of things for this team on the, on the weak side of the court. And he was a spot-up shooter. He wasn't going to be trying to create offense on his own. He wasn't trying to be like, it's Marcus Morris. Time. Like, we're a big <laughs> three with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Marcus Morris. Like, who? No, dog. Like, this is not a thing. Like, no. And you can't shoot two of nine in a game seven and have that be the case. Here's a take. The best thing that could have happened to the Nuggets was Morris having a great game one. Yeah. That was like a massive. The Nuggets, like second and third, or sorry, third and fourth best players in the series ended up being Morris and Trez. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just stretching. Um, (laughs) Do you know who who shot the best tonight? Do you know who shot the best for the Clippers? In the field, um, Harold. Yes, it was Montrez Harold. <laughs> when I, but here's the thing: is like I was told that that it was just Montrez, and there was no problem with the starting unit. That the starting unit was fine, and Zubach was so good. And like, look at the numbers. Like, Joker has missed all these shots versus Zubach, and Adam and I were like, "Look, man, it don't like matter." Numbers. Come on now. Matchup data from one game in a playoff series is not the most indicative statistic that you were going to find out there. But I will say this, like I test analytics, all of it combined. Harold was a abject disaster defending Nikola Jokic, no matter yeah, what. And, yeah. And in, in the first three games, I thought they, the big thing though with, with them, one thing that got missed was that you had to produce enough offense when he was on the floor to make yeah. it worth it. Like, I don't think Doc was planning him to be like, I'm going to get stops with Montrez. <laughs> like, he knows. I would like to say that for sure, but we just watched Doc do nothing but hope that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George would do something. So Right, and that's the whole thing. is like they re- This was the first game where they went to – this is the first game where they really tried to run the Lou Williams-Montrez pick and roll yeah. over and over again. But the problem was, by that point, like the Nuggets were rolling. Mm-hmm. And by that point, also, this is this is like – when I, I wrote this entire thing and I said this, I was like, you're go- they're going to play Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell together. It is the only thing that they have that has any chemistry. They're the only guys on the team that know how to play together. Yep. So they were going to play them together. And I was like, every, as long as you punish that matchup, you can win. You can beat the Clippers. You have and to shouts win to that Monte matchup. Morris's defense and mm-hmm. his offense in the series. His defense on both Reggie Jackson, who he eliminated from this series, and Lou Williams was really, really something special. I was really impressed with Monte Morris, who was probably one of the most undersung guys in this series. But I want to talk about Jamal Murray real quick because we talked about it briefly. Did we? Do we think that Jamal Murray is this player now? Obviously, the averages are going to be Why? lower. Everyone, I keep Listen, it, like, the biggest thing about Jamal Murray was his unsustainability and his inability to do these things on a night-to-night basis. This is an important question, Matt. Like, I, I, I get it um, in terms of, like, of asking the question. I just, I don't know that I can tell you. I've been asked this question so much. Like, I don't have the, the only way we're going to know is if he does. But, like, but this is more data, though. Like, by definition, we have okay, well, seen look, something look, look, that look. we have not seen before. Look, 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 um, He had 40 tonight. Yeah. Okay. He had 21 in game six in 41 minutes. Shot well, 9-13 from the field. Yeah. Um, he had 
26 in game five, nine of 25 from the field for only 36%. Yes. Um, in the, the losses, 18 points on six of 15, uh, 14 points on five of 17, and 12 points on five of 15. I'll throw that one out because they were tired. Game one, yes. Yeah. Um, in the three losses to Utah, um, he had 50. That was pretty good. 31 <laughs> shots. But before that, he had 12 points on 16 shots and 14 on 13. This, this is, is why I'm asking. But look, this, honestly, here's the, here's, the, here's the bigger thing. I think it's more important that he can be this. Because this is the, this is the number, TJ. Game seven. Five assists. He had five turnovers, but mm-hmm. some of those weren't his fault. Uh, game six, five assists, one turnover. Mm-hmm. Game, uh, that was game six. Game five, seven assists, one turnover. Um, the loss in game four, seven assists, four turnovers. Nine, two, six, three, six, two, six, five, yep. eight, zero, seven, zero. Like, yes, he, he is running. The, he is, he has found, this is the biggest thing. Jamal has found a way for him to manage the offense, to run the offense. He runs the offense yes. while also managing when to take his. Yep. And like his control of the game is more important than how many points he puts up a night. And that will reflect in his plus minus when he runs the game. He, and here's the thing I have, again, I haven't seen him hijack the offense. Yeah. And like, hopefully, hopefully next season, which they got a series left, but next season, when they figure out how to play Joker, Porter, and Jamal yeah. together in an offense where everyone touches the ball. <laughs> everyone with an asterisk next to it, but continue. Um, then, you know, there, he's only going to be more dangerous. When he develops trust with MPJ, when that relationship improves, if it does, which we don't know, but if that improves, then that's going to be a, a big step forward, I think, for Jamal as well, because he won't have to make as many tough passes um, to smaller dudes or tough passes all the way to the corner or those kind of things. And so I just think that, and like, here's the other thing. How many times did we say last year playoffs, like they are just killing Jamal defensively. Just, I was man. waiting for my chance to jump in on that. Him. He has held his him. own man. He fought, he battled. There was never a moment in these playoffs. There wasn't a moment in these playoffs when they could target Jamal. Yep. Like Lou Williams tried God, God bless him. God, God bless the chicken wing man, but, <laughs> but. See, I don't know if we've seen anything to say that this will be consistent. I'm not willing to go there. What we have seen is that his ceiling and his floor have like doubled where yeah. they were. That in its own right, regardless of what anything else happens, is monumental. And it's funny. I tweeted this. I actually quote tweeted one of your tweets, I think, where it was one of the only times in NBA history that a player gaining muscle has been undersold. Jamal yeah. Murray having this extra mass on him allows him to not get moved in the post. It allows him to keep his dribble alive when he's having this on-ball pressure that we were talking about. It's allowed him to take hits when driving into the lane, even against the the likes of the Clippers defenders and on defense, he is an entirely different player. So his floor being this much higher is something that I think will impact the nuggets in a massive sense consistently. He might not be the highly efficient score that we want him to be yet. He might not be the consistent playmaker, but the floor is always going to be higher. And that just gives the Nuggets a whole new sense of consistency that might not necessarily manifest manifest itself on a night-to-night basis, but will always be felt by this team. And I think that's about as encouraging as anything. Um, Is there anything else about Jamal Murray that was on your brain? 
Um, I think the only other thing I would say is for somebody that has said over and over again, the playoffs largely turn out to be about who can hit tough shots and the ability to take low percentage situations and make them into high conversion rates. Mm -hmm. I undersold Jamal's ability Mm -hmm. in that because I thought like, I thought, well, it's going to be different when it's Paul George and Kawhi Leonard guarding you. Turns out. Nope. Like that's been the biggest surprise for me. I'm going to do a breakdown on it. I'm sure you are too. Yeah. But like, that dude, that dude cooked everybody and everyone. We, I said this, I said, this wasn't going to be a Jamal series. I said, mm-hmm. you know, and that, it was more of a Jokic series. I was right on that. But like, I didn't expect Jamal to go up against Pat Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris with a backline defense built to stop him and just cook them. And that dude put on his chef's hat. He fired up them burners. He sauteed them. He got the salt. He's got the spices. He made himself a stew out of the Clippers <laughs> and Clippers stew Clippers stew and Jamal Murray has served that up all the way into the Western conference finals. Yeah. And I think it gets, and this is the thing he has easier matchups now in the, in, against this Lakers team that's coming up. Um, I'm so curious what Jamal Murray looks like against this Clippers team, because Danny green is a great defender. Danny green is not Paul George. Danny green is not Kawhi Leonard. This is going to be very interesting going forward. The last thing I want to leave us on, and we could get into this a little bit. If you have things that you want to say is Michael Malone needs to enter his practice press conference tomorrow, like Damian Lillard walking out after winning in the bubble saying, put some respect on my motherfucking name. Because that dude has been having his name called for all bubble, all playoffs. And that dude is out. He ended up adjusting better than Quinn Snyder, and he adjusted better than Doc Rivers, and he kept his team believing. Michael Malone has way more of an impact on these playoff wins than a lot of people are going to give him credit for. But I thought he was the Mark Jackson. <laughs> yes, the, oh, I hate this take. Oh, if only Chris Finch could be here, right? If only yeah. Chris Finch. Yeah. So, look, I think that I've said this a lot. Um, I've talked to Malone enough times one-on-one to have a sense for, I don't know. I, like, I, I'm not going to sit here. I'm like, I know Malone mm-hmm. really well. I know him a little bit. One, he's a really passionate dude. He's also really thoughtful. Um, I missed practice once because my wife was in the hospital. And I had to, to reschedule an interview with I was scheduled to have with him on the phone. And over the next three days when she was in, Malone checked on me like five times to be like, how's your wife doing? Yeah. And like, those little things matter to me. Um, Now, I've also said like, he's done a bad job at times. But one of the things that I've gotten from him in his conversations is he's like, Matt, I'm gonna screw up. Like last year, he was like, I've never coached in the playoffs before. He's like, I've never had coached in the playoffs. And He's like, I've never coached with this team. And he's like, I make mistakes. He's like, but I try and learn from them. And this is one of the things that like, I think I appreciate most about him is that dude, like there are coaches that get to a point where they're just like, I know what I'm doing and I've won. So I know what I'm doing. And Malone genuinely reflects on everything. And he genuinely tries to analyze things and he genuinely tries to be better. He tries to work within his principles and the things that he believes in, like all coaches do, but he's not so rigid that he will not adapt. And he's adapted in the series and he has adapted, um, as to this team and he's he has taken them from lottery dweller terrible to pretty good to hey they're all right they might make the playoffs to oh, just short to 
the number two seed in the West trying to compete for, you know, a real run to the disappointment of game seven last year. I thought this was going to be a regression year. Like I, I did. I yeah. thought this was going to be, a, I was like last year, everything went right. Nothing went right this year. Like God, before March, nothing went right. This nothing. Year. You know, even when they were winning games, we were all like, like you, you and I particularly talked earlier. You're like, I don't like this team. Like, I don't like how they're playing. Yeah. And I was like, well, I just think they don't, they just genuinely don't care. And that's true. They just don't. Yeah. Um, until they're down three one, and then they <laughs> care a lot. But I, but like all of the, these things kind of happened, and for him to have have taken them all this way, they've officially gone further every single season. Like yeah. they they were at, they were they've improved on their win total until this year, which I don't blame them for because the bubble was a weird situation, and then uh, and it truncated. They might have finished with more wins, and then. They, they made the Western Conference Finals. They made the Western Conference Finals Malone's second playoff appearance and Nikola Jokic's second playoff appearance and Jamal Murray's second playoff appearance. And they have 28 playoff games now under their belt after four series. That's a crazy amount of experience. That is just mind-blowing. And I want to follow up on the thing that you said about Malone. My mother is a nurse in Colorado. She got COVID-19, and he made sure to reach out through back channels to get to me to make sure he sent his well wishes to my family. The way that the reason that I bring this up is if he does that for media who just are in a very, very minimal amount of contact setting, imagine what he does for his players and why he sees they us, he sees us for like 10 minutes every day. Like he yeah. sees us for 10 minutes every other day. That's it. Yeah. And then he'll randomly talk about mountain biking and beer make us feel like we're helpful and needed that he likes us and that's totally fine he's got a lot of stuff to do so i just couldn't imagine what he'd be willing to do for his guys well also this is part of it is like there's a there's a lot of talk about how malone wins the press conference like that's a big that's a big going point and that's a honestly that's like that's been mentioned uh, like league people will murmur about like Mm -hmm. well he wins the press conference the thing is is like i know how to read press conference dudes like i've done this long enough i'm telling you like there's real i'm able to tell the difference between a dude with integrity and a guy that's just playing the media i could yeah uh, i've done this long enough to get a sense for it and i've seen coaches that absolutely just played the media mar jackson um (laughs) and so like i'm telling you like there's real integrity with michael malone and you know i'm I'm happy for him i'm happy for this nuggets organization it was and this is an incredible win it's crazy to be like they did it and it's like oh you gotta play lakers in three days um but that's like how it feels this was a major step forward and it was uh, to come back from three one twice is an incredible accomplishment yeah we're both not nuggets fans but i think we both can agree that it's cool to see a good group of guys do well and that's just something that i'm always encouraged about um final thing do you have a pick for the lakers series way too early no research prediction time I'm, I'm going back and forth. So I'm taking Lakers no matter what. I am too. Um, the question is the games. Like, again, I took, I took the Nuggets in this series, so you can't say I've doubted them the whole way. You just doubted um, them halfway through. So I, I doubted them. Ha- I did them after game three. Uh, I did take them before this game, though. I'll say that, too. Um, <laughs> I think my, th- this is just my thing. I don't know how they're going to stop the lob. I just, I just don't know how they're going to stop it because they haven't – Rudy – they did really well versus Rudy, but the problem with, with that was – you did not have to load up as much on Mitchell because he was awesome, right? But you weren't worried about everybody else killing you. And maybe they'll do that and they'll just pack the paint and make the shooters make shots. I think they'll put up more of a fight. Like they only won one game when LeBron didn't play, but they did play them. Tw- they played them tight twice. Yeah. They could have won those games. And the third game I don't, or the last game I don't care about. Bull Bull took the last shot to try and win. Like, I don't care about that game. Yeah, they, they, they blew that one off. Um, I think they'll win some games. I don't think it's – like, my initial – my gut reaction was 4-1, and I'm, I'm talking myself into 6 or 7. 
Yeah, um, I'm talking myself into six as well. I think I, 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 if you want to know like the formula that's going to have to be it is like the Nuggets are going to have to make more shots than the Nugget than the than the Lakers supporting cast. Um, LeBron's going to average a lot in the series, and Anthony Davis is gonna, like those guys are going to put up sixty every night. Yeah, and there's just no way around it. Um, yeah. And I don't know, this is a nightmare for Joker in terms of Anthony mm-hmm. Davis. Like, that's just tough. Um, Jamal trying to finish over Dade with a, his length is a real problem. Mm-hmm. They don't have a counter for AD. They really just do not have a dude. One scout told me today they like Jeremy Grant as a, as a defender, and I don't know if Jeremy can just – He's just not big enough. Well, he's, he's not the, thick enough and he's not big enough. But here's the thing is like, I'm actually working on a thing about how AD gets bumped off. So like that actually might work. Cause if AD, like all you want to do is you want to be physical with him and make him take jumpers. Yeah. And before the catch. You can get him out and, it, and if he beats you, he beats you. Yeah. But the problem is he'll be, he'll beat you. Um, <laughs> they got to face another Morris twin. I feel like Rondo is probably going to have a pretty good series. Their defense, a big reason I took the, the nuggets versus the Clippers is like, I was always like that, that defense is, is, fraud like this is not a top five defense the lakers defense is a top five defense it is the second best defense in the league behind the raptors only because the raptors can will throw out like obscure scandinavian <laughs> like schemes to beat you um somebody found on a vhs tape from 1988 that he- yes <laughs> yes behind that behind that is is the lakers because they're so physical and they're so like the the Clippers thought that the Clippers were fake tough. The Lakers yeah. are actually tough. Yeah. And that's, I think that's going to be a challenge for them. But look, they made the Western Conference Finals. This will give them a good test of like how far they got to go. Everyone has counted them out except for me uh, in all the previous games. Yep. So if they prove everybody else wrong again, like I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah, I'm like, done will, being shocked. I will not be surprised if they win this series. I, I won't be. I don't, they've earned that respect. Yep. They've earned that respect from all of us. And that to me is the biggest takeaway. I wonder if Michael Malone has anything interesting he can throw at LeBron James after coaching him for so long. That's one thing I cannot wait to watch for is that relationship and how it plays out into the series. But man, Matt, thank you for the time. I know it's late. I hope you're not up till like 7 a.m. Like I'm probably going to be writing, but you know what? If you are, I hope you enjoy it because it's been a hell of a lot of fun tonight. Um, Please plug everything. We're going to have a big thing on the Denver Nuggets. Should be out tomorrow. Cool. And make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Nuggets podcast that he's on. He works for the Action Network. You can follow him at HP Basketball. And I don't think you have another account anymore. Is there still the at Matt Moore TAN account? Yeah, it's still out there. It still exists. You can can follow him on the less chaotic Twitter. That's going to be great. But Matt, thank you again, man. I will talk to you in the near future. See you, man. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are finally coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, you get NFL Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels so you never miss your favorite teams and your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use your promo 
promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off of your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. That is promo code BLUEWIRE in all capital letters. Thank you guys again so much for sticking around this show. I know it's been a hell of a roller coaster ride with the Nuggets having a very unpredictable regular season, then the hiatus, and then the season comes back, and then the seeding games with none of their players, and then straight into the playoffs and all of the chaos that existed within this season. But I appreciate you for going through all of that with us here at the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's been an incredible amount of fun. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Please go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast if they take reviews especially on apple if they don't please leave a comment about how you enjoyed it or please share it on social media those things help me so so much in terms of growing this show bigger also wherever you listen to this make sure you are subscribed to this podcast if you want to push and buff the numbers for me a little bit you can unsubscribe and resubscribe and just stack that number up and make it look even better whatever you guys can do is completely beyond appreciated because I'm just lucky enough to be able to talk about hoops for a living, let alone be able to have such a great listener group that is always involved with the show. So thank you so much to all of the listeners. Thank you to Blue Wire Podcast Network. Thank you to the the Denver Nuggets for giving me a damn credential to come talk to these guys. Thank you to Indeed. Thank you to NFL Sunday Ticket. Thank you to Bet Online. This has been a hell of a fun ride and it's only getting started, clearly. We're going to be back with a preview pod for this Los Angeles Lakers, Denver Nuggets, Western Conference finals but until then keep wearing a mask remember that black lives always matter and we will talk to you guys later the wait is finally over football is back you might not be at a game this year but you can still get in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads to totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take full advantage of all of the great sign up bonuses, including the one we have here at the Blue Wire Podcast Network. That is when you can use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts.